You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Ghoul Friends Podcast. I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And this is time for <laughs> trying to get this intro recorded. I don't know why we just think that Dennis the dog can just be down here when we try to record because he's like just peacefully sleeping and like he'll sleep for hours at a time yeah. and then as soon as we hit like record he's just like up and like just being oh, yeah. an asshole. And if it's not one it's the other because Mishka over here is howling <laughs> like a banshee, yep. you know, has been fine up until the minute you hit the record button. <laughs> yes. <sighs> the challenges one faces. <laughs> Yes. I'm chasing... Chasing? Yeah. Oh, you're chasing something. <laughs> I am facing many challenges this morning. <laughs> yeah, you're having a rough one. Yes. We had our Potter party. If you follow us on Instagram, Instagram. we definitely showed you... Yeah, our setup. Our decked out living room. It was sick. And seeing that we like planned it in literally like... Less a, than a day. Yeah, it was... It came together quite well. It really did. We kind of just decided yesterday morning that we were going to do it. So yeah. we had our cool friends Alicia and Bailey over, and yeah, that was fun. And it was fun. There was a lot of tequila involved, and <laughs> I'm the only one that doesn't feel well this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, Caitlin is struggling. Here we are. She's on the struggle bus, but you're yeah. on the mend. You're I'm better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But here we are. We're recording. You know, yeah. I like the post office. Win nor wind nor sleet nor snow. <laughs> Nor hangover. <laughs> we will record. Yep. There was an earthquake this morning. Yeah, that's wild. And apparently they felt it here in Charleston, Charleston. right? Mm-hmm. I didn't feel a damn thing, but I was also like completely out. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was early this morning. It was like 8 o'clock mm. this morning. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever felt an earthquake before. I don't think I have ever. No, I don't think so. They don't have earthquakes really in Maine, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Now, I do know that South Carolina is on a fault line. But I feel like there's earthquakes here yeah, every once like in a while. Ones. Yeah, nothing crazy, but no, it's true. So yeah, if you uh, survived the hurt, like earthquake this morning, kudos to y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, been an interesting morning. It has. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we have to chat. What did about. we do? Worked. We've been working. We've been sweating. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically all we do. <laughs> I'm so ready for fall. Same. I am very ready for fall, but sadly, fall here doesn't start until, like, November, so I'm more ready for November. Yeah, we have, like, a couple chilly months. Like, it's gotten into, like, the 30s before. Like, everybody freaks out, but... Yeah, I feel like it's usually, like, January, February Mm -hmm. are probably our cold months. Yeah. But then by, like, I mean, by April, when we were moving down, it was still nice out. It was heating up, though, for sure. Yeah, it was getting hotter. Yep. Um, I remember my first Christmas here, like in Charleston. Yeah. We were wearing shorts and I was like, what the fuck is this? I know. See, that is kind of unusual because I like can remember more like not cold now that I've lived in New England. It was not cold, (laughs) but it was chillier. Yeah. Like on, I remember wearing sweaters on Christmas. That was a really hot one. Yeah. Hopefully this, well, we don't know where we're going. Who knows what we're going to (laughs) do? Yeah. It's kind of undetermined if we're going to be in Maine or here. So, uh, we'll figure that out. Yep. That will greatly determine the weather. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I know the corona has kind of put a wrench in. Everybody's I know everybody's. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure I know. what we're, we're going to do. We were looking at our memories, and a year ago we were on our cruise oh, through the Baltics. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. Take me back. <laughs> if only we knew what was coming. Yeah. Oh, it's 
it's true. But so. at least it wasn't the cruise for this year because we wouldn't have been. No, it's true. I am grateful that things kind of happened the way. Yeah, we did. They did miss our Italy trip, but Paris. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why we're going to Italy. I don't know. I was thinking about like garlic bread in my head. <laughs> I just immediately went there. <laughs> like I don't remember a trip to Italy, but okay. Oh, garlic oh. bread. <laughs> Texas toast. <laughs> no, I was thinking about the one from last night. That was really yummy. Oh, that was really good. My pizza takeout. Yeah, we ordered pizza to watch Harry Potter with. Yep. And it was awesome. It was. It was good. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I know, <laughs> apparently. He was going to Italy. <laughs> the rest of us were going to Paris. He was, he was on another flight. I was, I was on Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, true. That's very true. <laughs> Kevin! Yeah, exactly. Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> you're like chasing me down yeah. in the airport. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, true. Yeah. Man. That's it's, funny. It's very true. No, I am a... Oh, man, I'm jealous. I'm, like, daydreaming about travel, like, all the time. No. One day. One day. One day. Hopefully. Yeah. It sucks. It does. Yeah. You know what else sucks? What? Serial killers. Yeah, they do suck. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about today. Yeah. So we're doing a little um, kind of, like, paranormal true crime. Yeah. You know, we're definitely not... Do you is, hear Michigan? Is, is that, yeah, I hope that comes up on the recording. Uh, yeah, a little paranormal true crime. Yeah. Branching out from, like, what we usually cover. I feel like we did... When we did... Um, I did Bonnie and Clyde, and you did Jesse James. That was a good one. That was. That, that was, was one of fun. my favorite ones. So... Yeah. We both... We have, like, two kind of different takes on it, I think. Yeah, I think so. We have kind of two different... Like stories. Yeah, well, yes, different stories, but you took it in a different direction, I guess. That you took it in. Yeah. yeah. And like yours is pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to like hear. I know like a little bit. Yeah, but I'm yeah. excited to hear about it. And um, I'm excited for yours because you're covering a very prolific nasty yeah. <laughs> um, ass nozzle. <laughs> and um, I feel like my case is a little less known. I've, I've known about it for a while, just having listened mm-hmm. to a bazillion paranormal podcasts. Yeah. But, um, it always, I think it's interesting. So when we said we were going to do kind of true crime a little bit, you know, I thought this might be a really cool one. To yeah. Do. I have never heard of yeah. it before. It's so you were telling me when you're researching a little bit, mm-hmm. it's super cool. Yeah. I feel like I chewed on my tongue last night, like in my sleep and now my tongue hurts and I just feel like I'm like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you can't talk. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Man, he's struggling. <laughs> Oh, I need a nap. And it's yeah. only 10 o'clock. Right. You can take a nap after this. Okay. I know you've got some work to do, so. Yes. You've got a busy day. It's true. Yes. All right. Well, would you like to start or would you like me to start? You pick. Do you want to do rock, paper, scissors? Yeah, sure. All right. Ready? Winner goes first. Okay. Or we winner. Yeah. Winner goes first. Ready? Okay. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, rock paper, scissors, shoot. Ah, oh, I gotcha. Oh, you win. You win paper. <laughs> paper over rock. Yep. Okay. So... Who am I talking about? Douchebag Dahmer. Yeah. So, Jeffrey Dahmer. If you know, you know. And I think everybody knows. Yeah. He is just a dirty birdie. Um, So, he kind of just had a typical kind of upbringing. He was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on May 21st, 1960. Gotcha. Did you have something to say? Oh, no. I was just listening. Just Just listening. Active listening. Thinking about how much of a douche he is. So, you know. Do you hear the rhinos upstairs? There's a stampede happening in our house. We apologize if you hear, like, rumbling. Uh, Those are the cats. (laughs) Um, So he was just, like, a typical upbeat child. Like, he didn't, you know, act kind of 
strange or off or like so kind of like fairly normal for a little bit um but he had a pretty big surgery to um, correct a double hernia when Mm -hmm. he was about four and apparently after that like he just like mellowed out and just was like really subdued and kind of like reserved yeah like just didn't do much yeah just was kind of quiet and kind of just like in his own world like didn't really have any friends um never really had friends apparently interesting um and then his parents had another kid, and then he, like, just totally, like, Checked lost out. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he was a teenager. Yeah. Um, he was pretty tense and kind of an asshole, as people would describe, which I feel like is just, like, kind of any typical teenager, but... Yeah, most teenagers do. <laughs> Having been one, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, nothing, like, screamed, like, he's a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so after he obviously gets caught for this. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of, like, during one of his interviews, he said that he started having, like, these compulsions for, like, murdering and, like, necrophilia around, like, the age of 14. Wow. So he kind of has always been yeah a nasty Nelly. That's not what I was thinking about at 14. I was thinking about, like, do I like Edward Cullen or Alice Cullen? <laughs> like, I was very conflicted. <laughs> but not about necrophilia. Nope. <laughs> Nope, didn't really cross my mind. That one didn't come in. Uh, I like looking back at my pictures when I was like 14 or 15. I like the eyeliner, like the baby like powder blue Uh or like the white. Like it was just like, you're looking fly. And your chunky headbands. (laughs) I wore sweatbands because I was like kind of like... There was... A very tomboy stage. Yeah, there was no way of not knowing that Caitlin was going to be gay. (laughs) It is oh so obvious in every childhood photo. But I'm not like, I I guess I would say I'm a tomboy, but like, I dry, I like wear girl clothes. Oh, of course. But yeah. like, I was not wearing girl clothes back sure. then. I was like shopping in the boys section with my sure. Adidas like swish pants. What are those called? <laughs> Windbreakers. Yeah. Was it the ones that you could like rip off because they yeah the button the on the side? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And I'm not saying that to say that like I know it's a very big stereotype that all yeah. lesbians dress like athletically, and, and hell knows I don't, so no. I can't even speak to that. But I think especially like when you're little, you kind of lean into things that looking back you realize. Like, like oh, okay. Like, how did I not know that? <laughs> like, okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> have a winner. My parents said they knew from, like, a very young age. That's interesting. Like, yeah, that yeah. they had a suspicion. And yeah. then I think I hit, like, middle school, and they're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, not thinking of necrophilia. No. <laughs> or murdering. Um, so he... Right after high school became, like, a pretty, uh, like, a raging alcoholic. Okay. Like, he... Just totally, like, was always shit-faced. Yeah. Um, so his dad got pretty pissed about it because he actually dropped out of college after his first semester. He went to um, Ohio State University. Okay. Um, and, like, just alcohol took over, mm-hmm. and he dropped out. And yeah. his dad got, like, super pissed about it and so it kind of forced him to join the Army. Oh, okay. It was just like, this will solve your problems. Yeah. Well, it didn't. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he actually got... Uh, Discharged from the army because they were like, no, nah, we can't yeah. have that. Um, but an interesting little fact: when he he was stationed in Germany, okay, and they nothing ever like came of it, mm-hmm. but they have a sneaking suspicion that he was involved with some murders over there. Oh, okay, so it started pretty early. His first murder was like days after he graduated high school. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So he. 
tries the army. That doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So he goes home, and his dad was just like, nah, you're not staying here. Yeah. Um, and then stays with his grandmother. Okay. The drinking is just like... Getting worse. Yes, just yeah. continual. Um, and he first gets arrested in 1986. For what? Murder? No. Indecent exposure. Oh, good. Yes. Um, and then kind of spirals again for another year and gets yeah. arrested again a year later. For what? Murder? Nope. Masturbating in t- front of two young boys. Gross. Disgusting. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. He's a nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's not a good person. He's pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, his first murder was right after he graduated high school in June of 1978. Okay. Um, and kind of the sad part about this is he uh, only targeted men or boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were often like low income um, or people that would go missing and kind of not many people would notice. Okay. Um, which is sad. Yeah. Um, he would go to like a lot of gay bars and like get people really shit faced. Yeah. Um, and then take them back to like hotel rooms and right. He was just pretty gross. Um, so there was uh, the first victim. He has seventeen victims. Okay. And the first, I'm not gonna go through all of them. I'm just gonna go through like a couple because mm-hmm. they're all kind of very Graphic. similar. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he pitched, picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks. Um, and took him back to his parents' house mm-hmm. and got him super drunk. And then he tried to leave. And that is oh. where kind of it all started. And he hit him in the back of the head with a barbell and then strangled him to death. Ooh. And if that was not bad enough, he dismembered his corpse, packed all the body parts in plastic bags, and then Ooh. decides to bury them in the backyard. That is heavy for a Sunday morning recording. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. So it it, uh, it doesn't end there. Uh, a little while later, he decides that that was a bad idea. So he uh, exhumes the bags mm-hmm. from the backyard and takes a sledgehammer to the bones Ooh. and then sprinkles them throughout the town. Oh, God. Yeah. Hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually almost waited 10 years Um until he murdered, like, his second victim. There okay. was a long... Um, like a dormant period. Yeah. <laughs> dormant. <laughs> I guess there's, like, a dormant period. Like, I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so off this morning. It's okay. Does it, do I sound horrible? No. Is everyone just going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think you're good. Okay. So, this was in September of 1987, mm-hmm. and it was his second victim. Okay. Um, and his name was Stephen Tuami. Okay. I think I said that right. Um, so this asshole takes him back to a hotel and then says that he has no recollection of what happened that night. They Mm. were drinking, got drunk, doesn't remember anything, um, and woke up and he was dead. Mm. Steven was dead. Um, so instead of like, Hey, like calling the police, something happened, (laughs) he died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he decides to stuff the body in a suitcase, um, and then brought it to his grandmother's house where he took it into the basement and dismembered it and then masturbated on it. Oh, he, come on. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? That is awful. It's so gross. Um, okay. So everything kind of is similar to that. And there were 17, they think there were more, but he admitted to 17, Mm -hmm. um, murders. 
Um, he was pretty gnarly. Uh, and he started to experiment with chemicals and, like, just doing really, really nasty shit. Yeah. Um, and, oh, he was a cannibal, too. So oh, sometimes yeah, he, he would he would um, eat them. It was pretty gross. Um, he attempted lobotomies, and at the uh, kind of end of his reign of terror, he was drilling into the victim's skulls. As they were alive? Yes. <gasps> And um, injecting them with hydrochloric acid. Why? Like, what was he trying to do? Why did he do any of this? I know. I think that's the question I've asked literally in my head. The entire time we've been talking, it's like, why? Why? Yes. It's so, so bad. Like, it's obviously some serious mental health issues going on there. Because that's just... Yeah, it's like, I, I just don't quite understand what he was trying to achieve uh, with... Drilling into someone's head? No, I, c- I couldn't imagine the pain. No. It, that's, it's awful. Yes. So, on May 27th of 1991, um, Dahmer's neighbor, Sandra Smith, saw a naked boy running down the street, and so she naturally calls the police. Yes. Where does the boy lead her, or them, the police? Mm-hmm. Back to Dahmer's house. Okay. And then he said that he tried to kill him, Dahmer tried to kill him, and he just took off running yeah. to escape and said, like, you'll find a knife in his bedroom. Yeah. Um, and that's what he tried to kill me with. Yeah. And so the police are like, okay. So they go in and they're trying to corroborate the story. Mm-hmm. They find a knife. You know what else they find? Oh. Photographs scattered around his apartment, like documenting his murders and mm-hmm. um, like pictures of the dismembered bodies. Wow. Um, do you know what else they find? Oh. No. <laughs> um, there was a, a severed head in the fridge. Okay. Um, there were three of them in the freezer. Okay. In a jar of genitalia. Great. So. Safe to say they, they found a bit of evidence. They had um, a little bit of evidence. Um, so, gross. Okay. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. And it's got to be horrific. I could not. I give all respect to police officers for everything they do anyway. But that is not something you're expecting to, like, sure. see <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he goes to prison. Yay. Mm-hmm. Ass nozzle yeah, is <laughs> gone. Um, and he got what was coming to him because he, uh, you had told me this story, mm-hmm. um, was in the cafeteria, like, cooking, and he would, like, make, like, meatloaf feet. Yeah, he was, like, still apparently a big old douchebag in prison. Yeah, like, just making gross, like, body parts out of yeah. food. And, yeah. So one of the fellow inmates uh, pretty much got sick of his bullshit <laughs> and beat the shit out of him and killed him. Hmm. So okay. he... <laughs> He definitely, uh, yeah, got taken out. When all the like vengeful side now had he, so he had already been convicted. Yeah, he so point. he admitted to it. Yeah. He admitted to all the murders, but he pled not guilty. So did he get life in prison? Was that the sentence? I don't know. Actually, I don't know what his sentence um, was. Yeah, I was, say. I was curious <laughs> if he had been sentenced to death or if he mm, just yeah. got life. Because like the vengeful side of me says, like, well, good, like he did deserve it yeah he's a giant asshole but at the same time you know i think about the victims and their families and they yeah. deserve you know they deserved him like to see him either live out his sentence or mm. if he was sentenced to death be executed but yeah. you know i don't i don't think there's a, a right or right or wrong answer like it's well he, it's he died a pretty painful way. death yeah so i think that i would i would not mind that outcome <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah yeah mm. um okay so we're not just talking about the nasty douchebag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's just kind of the backstory of yep. his douchery. 
Um, so there's actually a lot of, um, like, obviously documentaries, but movies and, like, drama series based on, like, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, sure. Um, so there was an actor named Ross Lynch, and he was playing the teenage version of Dahmer in a show called My Friend Dahmer. Okay. Um, and I've heard of that. I think, yeah, it's pretty popular. Okay. Um, and it's not that old either. Okay. Um, so they were filming, and where did they decide to film... In the ha- the childhood home of Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm sure that's not going to flare anything up. Yeah. Well, it did. Um, so they were filming in the house, yep. and the um, actor got, like, super, like, sick, like, to oh, his stomach, like, okay. just started not feeling well, and yeah. just, like, would try to start recording and, like, just couldn't, couldn't finish. And yeah. so he was blaming it on Jeffrey Dahmer, just thinking, like... Oh, so clearly he's a believer in the supernatural. Yeah. Okay. So what does he decide to do? He decides to go outside and telling Jeffrey Dahmer to fuck off and calling him a piece of shit and mm. like that he hates him and can't stand him. And then you know what fucking happens? What? All the lights shut off. Mm. All the generators, huh. like backup generators, everything oh. just goes like completely out. Yeah. And so then everyone's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and then why did you do that? Like, don't... <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, right, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and enough to, like, freak everybody out. So he, like, starts apologizing. Ross is just like, sorry, like, I didn't mean it. Like, mm-hmm. like holy shit. So they, like, wrap up for the day because everyone's just like, Too this out. is just, like, crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And so Ross tries to go, like, to sleep that night and said, like, he would, like, start to fall asleep and then, like, he would swear someone was standing over him like right next to him Mm -mm. um and he'd wake up in like a cold sweat and just like couldn't sleep and like he felt like it was like jeffrey dahmer following him and he was just like i would never like do that again and like yeah it was it was pretty intense that is intense um i mean that's i mean you're filming at the location where everything happened like yeah well there was only one murder in that house Sure, okay. Because the rest of them were, like, at his grandmother's house. Sure. Or at hotels or whatever. Um, But the first one was at his childhood home, the one right after high school. Yeah. And he left him in, like, the crawl space for a little while, so, like, the body. So it was, like, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Um, There's also a... I I don't want to say ghost tour because it's not a ghost tour, Mm. Um, but in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, there's a tour you can take down kind of, like, the alley... Of, like, bars and stuff that he would, like... He poached, I think, like, seven men uh, from, like, that area. Yeah. Um, and people say, like, their cameras don't work and, like... Weird stuff. Weird happens. shit happens. Like, really heavy feelings. And, I can like, they think it's, like, near, like, the bar that, mm. you know, someone had left hit with him yeah. from, you know. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I feel like when you were talking about that, that kind of reminded me... It may have been on there, but remember that Dark Tourist on Netflix? Yeah. That mm-hmm. show? I think that may have been one of the things that they talked about, like those tours. Oh, really? I think. I'd have to go back and look, but that yeah, rang a bell when we were talking about it. Interesting. Yeah. I just thought, like, the like ghosty part with the house was really wild. Yeah. Apparently, the guy that lives there now, like, says it's, like, a perfectly good home and, like, nothing happens. And, anything. yeah. But everyone's, like, basically the house sells... Like, not often, but when the, like, owners do try to sell it, like, it has to be, like, super cheap. Like, mm, they don't sell it for much. Yeah. And everyone's just like, why? It's, like, nestled in, like, like the, like, back cozy, like, area. It's, like, a cute little house. And everyone's like, what oh, happens? Wow. And then they have to disclose that there was a murder well, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and everyone's crazy. just like, oh, nope. No. No, thank you. I don't think I would say <laughs> no, yes to thank either. you. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It made me think, too, it might be an interesting episode to look at, like, it made me think of, like, the movie industry and, like, filming. Mm-hmm. I know with a lot of horror movies, a lot of weird things often happen during yeah. filming. Like, supposedly during The Exorcist, like, a lot of weird stuff happened. And, like, Poltergeist is a really mm-hmm. well-known one, too. Annabelle. Annabelle, I'm sure. I'm, I'd be curious. I've not heard anything about that one specifically. I gotta grab a Lacroix. I've already. Okay. <laughs> she gotta hydrate. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Nicely, oh, got got it. It. Nicely done. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back. At least the fridge is right there. It's true. Yeah. There's a lot of talking, and my my mouth is very dry. Oh, I got you. <sighs> I survived. You did. You made it through. Good job. Thanks. All right. Dahmer's a douchebag. Yeah. Summation, he's a giant asshole. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I am so excited for yours. Okay. So this is one I've heard a few times on other podcasts, and I never really, I'd like heard the basic story, but never really researched it. So that's why I went with this one. Um, So mine's kind of a different take, but I'm talking about uh, the murder of a woman named Teresita Bassa. And it said that she actually solved her own murder from the grave. That's so wild. It, it, this is a pretty wild story. Yeah, I'm excited. So to give you... Um, how did you... Sorry, time out. How did you ever... Did you hear on like another podcast? Or like, where did you hear about this? I feel like I heard it... I'm trying to think. I think it was Astonishing Legends did it. Okay. Covered the case one time. I gotcha. And that's kind of like where the first time I heard it yeah. from okay. was. I feel like that's like where so many of my ideas, like I'll hear a topic and I'm just like, oh, Ooh. like that'd be cool to like research even more and yeah. like dive into. So that's kind of where it came from. Because um, I've never yeah. heard of it before, so I was interested. Yeah. And I um, I believe it's Astonishing Legends. It's, I think, pretty far back in their backlog of episodes. Mm-hmm. But if you want a really, really deep dive into this case, as they always do, I would definitely recommend you go listen to them as well. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Let's go ahead and jump in. Sure. Okay? Yeah. All right. So, a little information on Teresita Baza herself. Uh, she was born in 1929 in the Philippines. Okay. She immigrated to the U.S. in 1960 to study music. Okay. Um, but ultimately, she ended up becoming a respiratory therapist, and she worked at Edgewater Hospital in Chicago. All right. Um, it sounds cool. like from yeah, it sounds like from what I read was a very friendly, very quiet, um, quite reserved. You know, didn't have a lot of known enemies. Um, Just a pretty decent person. Yeah. Okay. And what happened to her is definitely horrific and uh. not fair in the slightest. So. The crime itself took place on February 21st, uh, 1977. Okay. Um, the fire department basically was called to Boss's apartment because there were reports of a fire going on inside. Okay. And so, this is in Chicago. Yes. Okay. So they get to the apartment. They go in. Um, they find that her mattress is on fire. So they, you know, deal with that. And mm-hmm. when they lift up the mattress, they find her body underneath it. Mm-hmm. And she is deceased, and she has a butcher knife in her chest. Oh. And it, they very much suspected that the fire was to cover up the murder. They were going to, okay, yeah. Yep. So they start doing, you know, their crime scene analysis. Um, you know, initially, and a little trigger warning here, they did think that she may have been sexually assaulted. Okay. But the autopsy determined that was not true. Okay. Um, most of the evidence, unfortunately, from the fire was destroyed. But they did find one piece of paper that only, it had one phrase, and it said, get theater tickets for A-S, like the initials A-S. Okay. 
did not, like, after, you know, kind of doing their initial investigation, had no idea who A.S. could be. Mm -hmm. I believe she had a boyfriend at the time, and they had been, like, reported as having, like, a fight. Okay. But I don't believe his initials matched that, and I think he had an out, like, he checked out. An alibi? Yeah. Okay. So they knew it wasn't him. But without really other suspects to kind of interview or anything to go off, especially from that note, they really just didn't have enough leads to follow. So the case ended up going cold. Okay. So, you know, it's tragic. Yeah. It's confusing. What the fuck it's happened? kind of mysterious, uh-huh. but it kind of just go, stops dead in its tracks, yep. right? Yep. So there is a breakthrough that happens in the case when Detective Joe Stachula, I'm sorry if I said that wrong, who worked in Area 6 Homicide, got a note to call the Evanston Police Department. Okay. The reason he was told to call them was was because a man named Dr. Jose Chua told Stachula that he believed his wife had become possessed. Okay. Now, that seems like a very different issue than solving a murder. Murder, yep. Well, Dr. Chua told uh, the detective that his wife was possessed with the spirit of a woman named Teresita. What? And basically she would go into uh, like trance-like states. Yep. And it said that like during that point of, they would hear a voice. Like she would, I think it was her speaking, but it was not her talking. You get what Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And it was, they thought it was Teresita's voice coming through. And she was begging um, his wife, whose name was Remy, to help her solve the murder. What? And so they called the police department, and they're like, okay. What the fuck? So this is where it gets interesting, right? Because Oh, it's already interesting. <laughs> there's a lot of points, and I'll get to them kind of at the end, because okay. one thing to note was that Remy was also a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital, so she knew Teresita. Like, they knew of one another. Oh. This is where it makes it interesting. So, I mean, that's kind of where a little skepticism comes into this case, okay. because they didn't know each other prior. Yep. But... Um, you know, basically Remy would say that when she would go into these trances that, uh, the voice would beg for help solving this murder. And it finally was happening so often that they, you know, decided to get the police involved. Yeah. So one of these sessions, Dr. Chua, Remy's husband asks her to like the voice to identify itself, like, tell us who you are, tell us what you want. Um, as I said before, the voice asked for help in solving a murder and it gave the name Alan Showery. Ooh, A-S. A-S, yes. So, this is where it gets wild, because it's not, you know, I would imagine, like, a vague phrase, some keywords might come through, but this gets very specific. Okay. Uh, the voice said that Showery had gone to fix Boss's TV and actually ended up stealing um, her jewelry, which he had given to his girlfriend. And she claimed the voice as well, obviously, was claiming that he was the murderer. Okay. So... Aside from this, the voice gave additional names of people to talk to as well. Like, this voice was very prepared and had some, like, information (laughs) at the ready. So, the voice gave the names Ron Samara, Ken Bossa, Richard Pisati, and Ray Kings. So, are you holding on so far? Yep. (laughs) Police, obviously, with this information, decide to start following up on the names that they're given. So, they do end up talking to Alan Showery, and they find out that he was an orderly at Edgewater Hospital. So they're all at Edgewater. Kind of where it starts to get interesting. Um, And that he did indeed have a girlfriend, and her name was Yanka Kamluk. I believe that's how you say it. Okay. Um, So the police basically asked him to go with them to answer some questions. Um, He agreed. He went willingly with the police. Mm -hmm. 
And he did admit that he had planned to go to Boss's apartment to fix her TV, but ultimately didn't go because I think something happened at his apartment. He said he had an electrical issue, and he had to go fix that instead. Mm -hmm. Well, when they interview his girlfriend, Yanka, she basically says that's not true at all. Like, he has no experience in fixing electronics. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, Even more... When they start asking her about if she's received any jewelry as of lately, she admits to them that she was recently given a pendant necklace from Showery as a late Christmas gift. Uh Uh-huh. So these things are starting to kind of line up. There's a lot of coincidences here, right? So at this point, the police decide that they're going to talk to the other people on the list that, you know, this voice that's coming through in these trances is giving them. Um, And basically doing that, as I said, uh, Ken Bassa, who is a family member, they bring them in. They show them Kamluk's necklace that mm-hmm. Shauri gave her, and they confirm that it was indeed Teresita's. Apparently, it was like a family heirloom, and it was very, like, distinguished. Like, it was very yeah. identifiable okay. as what it was. Yep. So, at this point, they know that, like, what? some of the things this voice has said are true, That's and insane. they can confirm them. So, when given all this information, Alan Showery ended up confessing and giving a full confession Ooh. to the murder of Teresita Baza. Why did he do that? See, I could not find a ton on that. That's yeah. what I was kind of lacking on. Like, I was asking Probably, myself, like, robbed her, is my guess. When it like, a robbery her. gone wrong? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I could not find, like, his full confession or, like, why, like, his motives yeah. for doing it. But he did end up confessing. Okay. So, they did go to trial. He went to tr- the trial began, excuse me, January 21st of 1979, and a big part of this trial was that Shauri's defense team tried very hard to have the psychic voice testimony thrown out. Yeah, I was that was like a question I had. Like how do you like <laughs> yeah, bring that? that. Yeah, cuz like what if you have like non-believer, you know, cuz I'm like what the fuck? Well, I know, and that's kind of I, I thought about that too and like um, you know, I he confessed to murdering her. Yes. Um, but I can understand why his defense team obviously would want well, to try and have yeah. that thrown out. Mm-hmm. Now, I could not find, like, you know, what exactly the judge, like, what fueled the decision. But the judge ended up allowing the testimony into yeah. evidence. Okay. So it was used during the trial. Well, I think there's just too many, like, connections there. Like, there's that's too many things that match like, up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'll talk a little bit about that at the end because there's a lot of controversy over this case. Okay. Um, and, but, like. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And another thing that just popped into my head is why was she buying movie tickets for him like what is that yeah i don't know i could not find the connection between them yeah so weird it is weird yeah so uh the judge like i said ended up allowing the testimony in okay um now the trial actually ended in a mistrial because the jury was deadlocked and could not come to a decision i mean given i could kind of see that um (laughs) it's a very interesting unique case Mm mm-hmm now, while waiting uh, for his next trial, Showery ended up pleading guilty. So I believe he took a plea deal in this case. Okay. And he was sentenced to 14 years for murder and four years on aggravated arson and robbery. Okay. So he did go to prison. Um, from what I found, he was released in 1983, Ew. so ahead of his sentence. I don't understand how you can murder someone and then get out of jail. I don't know either. And obviously, we're not attorneys, so we don't understand like, yeah. how the degrees of murder it just doesn't add make up sense in the court me, system. But, but I agree. I, I think it's it's absolutely crazy. If you kill someone, you should definitely go to prison forever. Yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Um, so, yeah, he was released in 1983. And from what I found, um, has not 
has pretty much lived very much under the radar, very quietly. Yeah. Um, and from an article I read, the, it was thought that as of 2004, he was still known to be alive. Now, oh, wow. if he is still living now, I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like he's been very kind of hard to keep up with. And I believe moved to California right at, like, after he was released. Yeah. So. Dang. Yeah. Now, here's kind of, uh, there. like I said, there is a bit of controversy, obviously, over okay. this case. Yep. My questions, and this has come up a lot, is since uh, Bossa and Remy Chua knew each other, does this discredit her as saying she's having these trances and, like, bringing up this voice? No, I think she was probably connected to her, obviously, like a work friend a colleague, or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's someone easy to mm-hmm. kind of become, like, attached to. Contact. Yeah. Well, some additional information on this was that Chua, Remy, mm-hmm. also knew Showery. And supposedly, she was afraid of him. I could not find the actual report, but it was said that she had, like, filed complaints against him because she was intimidated by him. Oh, wow. And then on occasions, because he was an orderly, he had, like, criticized, like, her work. Yeah. Um, So there was kind of some tension between them, which makes, kind of, like, adds a new layer to that as well. Um, And another thing is that Chua had also been, Remy had been to Boss's apartment before for a party. So, so they're all connected in yeah, some weird way. In some strange way. But my only question after going through all of that and even saying, like, yes, if she, even if she made it up, um, I'm not saying that she did, but even in the event that um, Remy faked the trances. She still solved the murder. Well, A, why? And B, if uh, Showery didn't do it, why would he take it? Like, why would he admit to guilt. Right. Like, why would he confess, yeah. I guess, is my question. And I know there are coerced confessions and false confessions. Sure. So I'm not saying that wasn't a case. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just so many questions yeah, in this weird. that, like, I don't have a direct answer. I yeah. don't know. That's so weird, though. Right? That's, like, the craziest story I've ever heard. Yeah. It's, like I said, I heard this one a while ago. And when we talked about doing true crime, I, like, rung that bell and I was yeah. just like yes like I gotta go back and look <laughs> no this again. seriously that's so weird like yeah and I've been like chewing it over for a few days since we've done the <laughs> research and I'm like I still don't have like I don't yeah. know if I can say like well like how does someone did it. like get so powerful you know what I'm saying like if in the afterlife like oh as a spirit how do you do that how do you you know because like yeah. how come you can't do it for every murder like just go find someone well, exactly. and say like hey this is what happened to me like yeah go I, solve it i don't know yeah. i um i have no idea i'm not sure how that hierarchy works on the other <laughs> side of like who gets to come through and who doesn't i know, I know. Um, what the fuck happens see i have i'm gonna go on my little tangent here it's it's not aliens unfortunately this time no aliens this time i just like what happens after you die and like how come if we can contact so many spirits like how come someone hasn't straight out said like like what's going on over there like Mm -hmm. what do you see like if you can talk to like the other side which i very much believe in yeah how can we just like not ask them like like what are you doing up there I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know how the, the telephone line works between us and that. Well, we're yeah. going to find out. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because there are, we've talked about it before, multiple mm-hmm. cases where police have worked with mediums yep. to solve crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't know. Is it something that they have to reach out from the other side to us? Like, we don't just get to pick up the phone and call when we want to right. figure stuff out. Like, it has to come from them. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. And I, like... 
We did not get a chance to, but I'd like to look into if there are any other like known cases where like psychic testimony has been allowed. That'd be quite in, in like court, yeah, yeah, into evidence because that would be an interesting, mm-hmm. um, like topic. Yeah, to for sure. Because for sure. I don't know. I don't know how you validate that. Like, there was a TV show about it one time, wasn't there? Yeah, like, I think we psychic investigators it. Yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. It's super crazy. It like, is. What? Yeah. Isn't there like a, you can donate your body. I think it's like you donate your body to science Mm -hmm. and they can just like put you in like this big forest and that helps like FBI people like in training solve murders. Yeah. So I don't know where it is, but I believe it's uh, called the body farm and it, um, (laughs) I believe it's used by forensic departments and basically like you can choose to donate your body to them Yep. and you can even choose, I believe where you'd like to be placed and essentially, like, you're... It's a very controlled environment. Yeah, so it's yeah. not just, like... Dumping you out and... Right. Yeah. But basically, the point is that it helps forensic, and I believe forensic students, uh, learn and understand, like, the body decomposition process. It's wild. It is pretty wild. I, I don't know where it is. I've heard of it, but I have yeah. no idea where it's located. Yeah. That interesting. would be interesting. That'd be an interesting topic as well. I would never do that. Leave your, like, go to the body farm? Yeah, No. No, I want to be cremated. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm yeah. good being cremated. I'm good with that. Yep, me too. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of... Because every time now we talk about, like, what happens after you die, that immediately brings me to, like, near-death experiences mm-hmm. and, like, how do people yeah. see what's happened to them after, you know, their heart stops and yeah. then they're able to restart it. Like, I don't know. I feel like we should do an episode soon with my mom and have her give yeah. her take. Because uh, if you're new, my mom's a doctor. And she's dealt with a few instances of, like, near-death yeah. patients that have come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe we should plan for that soon. We should. We should. Yeah. be interesting to have her on. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Ghoul. Dr. Ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. funny. Yeah. Good one. Like I said, yours, you know, I'm just going for the... <laughs> for the just nasty, yeah, you know, story. But yours was really good. That thank you. I was really interested to hear and like learn about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, find. I I want to keep researching it. If there's anything else that I can like find, I will bring yeah. it back up. But yeah, no, that as soon as you said true crime, I was like, gotta do got it. it, gotta do it. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking up. I want to answer the question. <laughs> What are you, where the body farm is? Um, oh, I'm going to do that. But I also want to um, see what if Jeffrey Dahmer was sentenced to death. Oh, or, oh, oh, oh yeah. Prison. That one I don't know. Man. Gross. Do, do, do. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Okay. I can't find it. Okay. <laughs> we won't now I'm a big like popcorn. <laughs> No, we will find out, and we can definitely give an update. <laughs> <laughs> We're so prepared, as usual. <laughs> this one was really bad for me. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> My bad. You're like, I gotta go take a nap. <laughs> I need a nap and some garlic bread. <laughs> Fair enough. Italy. <laughs> Italy. And Italy. I need Italy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you gotta go to work. I do. I gotta go do some things. So we'll uh, go ahead and wrap her up here. Sure. All right. Do you want to? Do you want to take them through it? Or would you like me to do it? Um, I will do my section here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can come visit me on Facebook. Yeah. 
Um, just search School Friends Podcast. Yeah. And also, someone just bought a t-shirt. Thank so Kerching. Yeah. Um, so you can get our merch at schoolfriendspodcast.cottoncart.com. Nice. Um, and then we are going to make a donation here soon. I think the funds yeah. are coming through um, to the NAACP legal... Go for it. Legal defense and education. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yes. That's a mouthful. Thanks. Yes, you're welcome. Your turn. <laughs> um, so if you want to come check out our cool-ass Harry Potter setup, you can come look at our Instagram. That is at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Ghoul underscore Friends. And as always, if you'd like to send a listener story or just send us an email, you can do that at ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Good job. Thank you. It's always a mouthful to get out. Yep. So for now... Any final thoughts for no, me? You're just such a like better talker than I am. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So for now, we hope you stay safe. We hope you stay well. And as always, we hope you stay very spooky. I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're your cool friends. <sighs>